I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. This weekend isn't just your regular old weekend. It's Taylor Swift weekend. It's not just some cute hashtag. Taylor Swift weekend is an official declaration adopted by the city of San Francisco, proposed first by Supervisor Matt Dorsey. The celebratory resolution is just one of the many ways the Bay Area is laying out the red carpet for Taylor Swift this weekend. For two nights, Friday and Saturday, the mega pop star will perform her heiress tour shows at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Nearly 60,000 people are expected to attend each concert. Some of them have paid thousands of dollars for tickets. Some have skipped work or class to snag those tickets in a lottery. And some are traveling from all over the world. People kind of ask me, like, are you tired at the end of the show? I'm like, no, are they tired? You guys are, like, headbanging and thrashing and screeching. It's so, it's so valiant and noble. It's a noble thing to do for this long. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is a 52-stop showcase that encompasses all 10 of the singer's studio albums, and it's her first stadium tour since 2018. That means all that pent-up Swifty energy from the past five years will be unleashed at Levi Stadium this weekend. Whether you're a fan or not, Chronicle Pop music critic Ideen Vaziri says the Eras Tour and Taylor Swift herself is a really big deal, so much so that politicians and world leaders are clamoring for her to perform in their hometowns. Today on Fifth Emission, Ideen will explain why. To help him do that, I tap some Swifties in our newsroom who have already traveled to Swift's other tour stops in cities like Chicago, Tampa, and East Rutherford, New Jersey. They'll explain what it's like to attend the Ares tour and why T-Swift has managed to garner such a devoted following across generations. My name is Zara Urshad, and I am a Date Burke summer intern. It's really interesting to see, like, people like our age, like, I'm 21, and, like, I remember growing up to her music. And then you see, like, millennials who also remember being in high school listening to Taylor Swift albums. And then at the same time, little kids that are in elementary school who are huge fans and going to these shows with their parents. Zara's not the only Swifty intern in the newsroom. Hi, my name is Isabel Funk, and I'm a multi-platform editing intern. I've always, like, loved her music and, like, been a big fan. Like, I can remember like being a kid at summer camp and for some reason everyone at summer camp knows how to play the guitar so like there were always people playing guitar and like I remember always singing her songs specifically from like fearless era back then. But it's not just Gen Z. You'll also hear from our newsroom's millennial Swifties. My name is Shira Stein and I'm the Chronicle's Washington correspondent and I'm enough of a Swiftie that I am traveling to London next year to see her perform and I have some of her lyrics tattooed on my body. For years, I would secretly listen to her music and never talked about it and sort of was like, ew, Taylor Swift. And then during the pandemic, she started putting out these amazing albums. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to like stop this. I'm going to actually like enjoy and listen and be outspoken about the fact that I really like her music. There's also Lisa Gardner, the Chronicle's investigative editor, who has already attended the Ares tour not once, but twice. She says it's not just about the music. It's kind of like about being part of something more than it's not just going to a concert, right? It's being part of the Ares tour. It's oh, what songs will she play? You know, she has these secret songs that she plays two new ones at every concert. 
Um, there's almost this like collector's mentality about it. And she's really um, tapping into this psychology of being a part of something and uh, belonging. You'll hear more from Zara, Isabel, Shira, and Lisa in just a bit. But first, Chronicle Pop Music critic Ideen Vaziri. Thanks for being here, Ideen. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Here, ready good. to talk about Taylor Swift. Interested in getting your take because as someone who has reviewed and written about different music artists over the years, what do you make of Taylor Swift's influence. The Eras Tours feels like this massive cultural moment. Is it that or something else? It really feels that way. You know, we see this happen once every few years. People get excited about concerts, of course, but not on this level. I think there's a lot of different factors at play. You know, we were locked at home during the pandemic. She put out like five albums since her last tour. Since the beginning of the pandemic, I think a lot more people have been finding Taylor Swift and like getting more into her music. And with every album she's released since then, she just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And now we have this monumental three and a half hour long tour that is just, it's massive. She just appeals to so many different age groups and her fan base is so broad. So I think there's just a lot going on here and uh, people are excited. Yeah. What do you think she's been able to do that other big pop performers haven't been able to do? If you listen to her albums, there's really a little bit of something for everyone. Her music is very well known for being both like self-deprecating and um, self-confident. So there's a lot of relatability, whether it's real or calculated, but like the sense of like real vulnerability and in her uh, lyrics and music that I think draws a lot of people in. You see at the concerts every night, Taylor gives her hat that she wears during 22 to a member of the audience. And usually it is a like small child, like seven or eight year old. So like it's, it's all the way to generation alpha up to like Xers and beyond. It's her personality. She's easy to like. She's been very assertive with the songs she's written and taking control of that. And then she has so many different styles of music from, you know, straight up pop to folk to dance tracks. There's just a lot to like for, you know, a broad group of people. Mm -hmm. Now, Taylor's stop in the Bay Area means that tens of thousands of people are going to descend on Levi's Stadium. I went to a Beyonce concert there a while back, and I remember it being kind of a mess. Is Santa Clara ready for all the Swifties to get there? As you know, tickets were incredibly hard to get for this tour. So what a lot of fans have been doing is going to the shows, hanging out in the parking lot, hanging out with each other, singing along, dancing, you know, listening to the concert from outside. Being around so many people that were familiar with the same songs as you and knew the same inside jokes as you about Taylor Swift and seeing all the costumes. It was a lot of specific costumes and also dressed up as eras. So a lot of people were just dressed like head to toe in purple. And they were the Speak Now era. I mean, there were lots of cowboy boots, lots of glitter, obviously. This is their way of experiencing the show. But the rules are so unclear on what's allowed, what will be enforced, what will not. On the best days, just driving and parking at Levi's is incredibly difficult. I can only imagine what it's going to be like at these shows. It's going to be, take public transportation if you can, really. 
At the same time, even though it causes kind of a big mess, a lot of city leaders, even leaders of different nations, have really wanted Taylor to come. What kind of boost does it give to local economies? There have been quite a few reports about how this tour is bringing millions in because you know you think about the tickets, the hotels, people are traveling to see these shows, and everyone's spending money on merchandise. Levi's is hiring, you know, extra staff for this show. So it's creating a lot of uh, capital for, for the regions it hits. Honestly, even if I hadn't gone inside, I think I still would have enjoyed it because of the amount of people and energy that were just around the area. There were people tailgating. There were fans like in the downtown Denver area getting lunch before the show or going shopping. And it was such a great atmosphere to be around. Yeah, you've got world leaders like Justin Trudeau and leaders in like South America and South Asia who've like taken to social media without, you know, any, a shred of dignity and like are (laughs) begging her to bring the tour to their countries. And uh, it's a funny thing to see. Yeah. On that same vein, city leaders are showing their own kind of Swifty appreciation here in the Bay Area. Santa Clara leaders named Taylor an honorary mayor in San Francisco. There's a resolution to declare July 28th and 29th Taylor Swift weekend. I mean, some people might find it kind of cringy, but why would politicians get in on all of this Swifty madness, you think? It's completely out of hand and it is totally cringy. Um, (laughs) It's very unusual behavior from politicians. And I can only guess that they're hoping to tap into her appeal. You know, they see so many people excited about these shows and enthralled by Taylor Swift that they want a piece of the action. But it is very unbecoming and unusual. I don't think Taylor Swift knows or cares that she's mayor of Santa Clara for two days. (laughs) If that means anything, it's just odd behavior that I can't fully explain. How has Taylor Swift changed the music industry, and what's up with all those friendship bracelets at her concerts? Chronicle staff writer Ideen Waziri will explain after a quick break. We'll be right back. Did you know the number one way people discover new podcasts is word of mouth from their friends? So if you enjoy Fifth Emission, we'd love it if you tell someone about our show, even if it's just one person. Thanks for helping us make new friends. Shearstein is one of the newsroom Swifties I spoke to about Taylor Swift's cultural significance. There have been so many other amazing musicians in this, but I think the way that Taylor Swift interacts with her fans, the production and care that she puts into her concerts really sort of put her in an entirely other category. Like there's this joke that fans make of like, Taylor Swift is the music industry. And like, yeah, a little bit she is. Ideen Waziri, how has Taylor Swift been able to influence the music industry in a way that maybe other artists aren't able to? I think the big thing she's done is she's managed to last in, in the very fickle industry for such a long time. She's managed to change her sound, her style. She's grown up. Her fans have grown up with her. But taking ownership of her early material when her record company tried to sell it off, she decided to go back and re-record all the songs and put the albums out again. So 
she would get ownership of that. Over the last year, she's been embarking on this project to re-record and re-release all of her original five albums. And it was not a given that fans were going to support her and listen to these new albums instead of the originals. You can just see every time she re-releases another one, like how grateful she is for the fact that fans are willing to support her with their time and their money. And she really stood up for herself. There have been some very public incidents where she's been the target for some abuse, whether it's other pop stars or or uh, the media coming down on her. And she's really done a great job of standing up for herself and being resilient. Yeah. And what has been unique about Air's tour in particular? I, I see social videos of dads singing and rocking out with their daughters. I've seen this thing about friendship bracelets. It seems like there's this very specific culture when it comes to Taylor Swift. There is. And I can't pretend to know all the layers, but it's pretty quite remarkable. There's just this community of fans. You don't see that with a lot of artists. Taylor Swift fans, Swifties, are so invested in everything she does, the way she dresses. They take apart the lyrics in her songs and uh, the whole friendship bracelet exchange. For Taylor Swift fans, it came from a song it's called You're On Your Own Kid from Midnight's. And there's a line where she says, make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. Make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. And she's sort of talking about like embracing life. And so people will make like tons of bracelets and they have like song names or like Easter eggs or references to other parts of her career. And they'll go around and sort of trade them with other fans. I don't know if she ever intended for that to happen, but they've kind of taken what she's offered them and run with it and created this amazing community of fans. We were chatting, Idean, the other day just about how much money Taylor is going to make off of this. Right now, it's looking about more than half a billion dollars from just the North American tour alone. That comes out to about an eye-watering amount of about $13 million a night. How does that strike you as someone who has gone to concerts, reviewed concerts, looked at other performers? This is kind of like, it's not just a person. It's sort of like this incredible money-generating machine. It's incredible. And not a bad job, really. No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) I mean, she does put in the work. She performs for three hours every night. And there's probably a lot of rehearsal, preparation, the songwriting, all that that goes into it. But we were just so overwhelmed how generous the show is. That's the word that keeps coming to mind is just um, how generous she was with her catalog. Like she plays so much of it. And for three and a half hours, and I remember leaving and thinking like, I am exhausted as a passive bystander. I mean, like I'm thrilled, but like I am completely physically and emotionally depleted. Well, in like 80% of the show, she is in like five-inch Christian Louis Vuitton heels. I just really want to know like how she's doing with her feet every night, like walking and dancing all over that stage for three and a half hours. It's incredible the amount of money that this tour is drawing in. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if we learned that it might be the top grossing tour of all time. It's numbers that I can't even imagine. Right. I know that you've gone to a Taylor Swift concert before. You're not attending this year's tour. From your perspective, how does she compare to other performers you've seen? I I know you've seen Madonna live, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Madonna, Beyonce. She's great. I mean, she's a really good performer. 
it's fun to watch. Uh, she's authentic, which I think is a major distinction. She has a giant runway that kind of extends out from the main stage, and she performs her surprise songs at the end of that. The two surprise songs that were there for my show, she sang Starlight from her album Red and then Back to December for her, from her album Speak Now. And that was really special because she hadn't sang those songs live in a very long time. And you could tell that no, like no one was expecting that. A lot of people will get up there with a lot of canned material. She's there. She's 100% in the moment. I saw her past two shows at Levi's Stadium on the you know previous tours. And she, she puts on a spectacle for sure. Mm -hmm. If you got those first round of tickets, which were only like $49, you were going to get your money's worth. Right. You're spending about $49,000 at this point. I, I don't know. I would maybe buy a house. $49,000? Is someone actually spending that much money? On StubHub, you can find tickets for that much. Yeah. My gosh. Speaking of how expensive and exclusive it is to get to this concert, I'm going to share something that I hope you don't mind me sharing, which is you declined the opportunity to go to Ares Tour this year. Some Swifties might cancel you for that. But why were you willing to miss it? As you know, I've been writing about COVID uh, in addition to my uh, pop music duties. So as I see COVID indicators start to rise again, you know, going to stadium shows where they're all packed together and screaming at the top of their lungs and singing along. So that was a concern. We have one of our Hearst Fellows covering the concert who's younger and can probably speak better about what Taylor means. I've written about Taylor several times in the past, probably too much. Just this week alone, I've written about two dozen articles about Taylor Swift. So it's good to have someone else's perspective. So when the dust finally settles after Taylor Swift leaves the Bay Area, and Ideen, you get some reprieve from writing about her so much, how do you think you'll position this tour in comparison to other concerts coming up later this summer? Right behind Taylor, we have Beyonce coming to Levi's Stadium, and then we have Ed Sheeran coming to Levi's Stadium. So... We'll see what the hype is around those shows. I don't think it's going to compare. I don't think Ed Sheeran inspires quite the same level of fandom as Taylor Swift does. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have festivals like Outside Lands and um, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass coming up. So there will be more large-scale concerts in the Bay Area in the coming months. But I don't think anything is going to compare to the hysteria we're seeing around these shows. Well, Aideen, thank you so much. I appreciate your perspective on everything Swifties. I appreciate it. Thank you. Aideen Vaziri is a staff writer at The Chronicle who covers pop culture for Datebook. Find his extensive T-Swift reporting and other stories online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Big thanks to our newsroom Swifties for chatting and sharing their concert videos with me, which you heard clips of in this episode. Isabel Funk, Cher Stein, Lisa Gartner, and Zara Irshad. Zara is that extremely lucky Hearst fellow, Ideen Maziri, happily allowed to take his spot at Levi Stadium this weekend. If you're going to and spot her among the throngs of Swifties, be sure to say hello. Thank you to Gary Baca for the production help and King Kaufman for the edits. You've heard me say King Kaufman's name over and over again on this show. He's the executive producer for audio at The Chronicle, and this is his last episode for Fifth Emission. He's leaving us for the East Coast. King, we're indebted to you for everything you've done for this show. 
thank you and we will miss you a ton. Thanks for listening and happy Taylor Swift weekend.